Welcome to the Sports Loft Podcast, where we talk about the tech and innovation changing sport, entertainment, and media. I'm your host, Yanni Andriopoulos, and today we're going to be talking to Charlie Greenwood, who is the founder and CEO of Sports Loft, about Sports Loft and the Sports Loft Podcast. So, Charlie, welcome. And great, great to see you, Yanni. <laughs> Good to see you too. So, give us a quick flavor of Sports Loft. When did you set it up, and why did you set it up? Okay, so um, Sportsloft, uh, we launched at the end of November uh, last year, um, and it's been on a, a pretty uh, fast-paced ride the whole way. Why did we set it up? Well, in many ways, it's me adding a, uh, creating a brand, an entity, a thing around what I was doing already, which was largely acting as an independent consultant, very much at the heart of the uh, sports tech ecosystem. Um, I was very much running around on planes, tube trains, in coffee shops, talking to the leading startups, the uh, sports orders, the sports organisations who wanted to know about them, and the investors. So uh, it was really a realisation that we could be doing much more and serving the ecosystem much better if we put more of a structure uh, and a bigger entity around it. So, so what is that structure, and, and why don't you describe to listeners what it is that Sportsloft does for these startups in the sports tech space uh, who come in and become members of Sportsloft? So we spend a huge amount of our time searching for what are the very best companies uh, out there in the market, and we see absolutely loads and loads of companies, I mean hundreds of companies. Um, and by companies, you mean startups in the sports and tech field? Absolutely. So they're you know they're startups some are a little bit more mature but uh generally uh startups that we think are going to be the companies that will very much shape uh the future of the sports and media industry um so we spend lots of time trying to find the best ones the best companies come into sportsloft as members where um, they uh, are part of our sort of membership group and we really offer three main three main things for those companies the first one is access to our network, and that's a mixture of investors, which can be uh, both US investors and also European investors predominantly. Uh, probably there's about a 60-40 split in favour of the US, I'd say. Uh, but mm -hmm. we also have, um, offer access to the leading industry execs. So we've had people at places like Liverpool, City, FIFA, Bundesliga, the RFU uh, come in and meet with the startups. And the bread and butter of that is really this thing that we call office hours. So we basically set up sessions for somebody such as, you know, to come in from a Premier League club uh, to meet uh, four or five companies uh, in one go. And, you know, that, that works really well. That's, that's very effective. But a bit of a also, showcase, if you will. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it enables the companies to very much put their best foot forward uh, in front of... Uh, people who could be potential investors or potential customers as well. Mm -hmm. um, that, that was very much what we started with. Uh, and since uh, Sportsloft has grown and we've done more and more, we've also added other angles as well. So one of them is around industry insights. So before anybody comes in to meet the companies at Sportsloft, we do a 15-minute video interview with them. If you're going to pitch to those people, that's gold dust because they talk about uh, the the challenges they're facing. They talk about their role. They talk about their objectives, what they're trying to achieve, what technologies they use. So it's really, really powerful uh, information for them. 
And the third thing that we've added, and this has very much come um, and built up on the uh, during the period of lockdown, but we realised that we have an audience of uh, leading industry execs, leading investors who want to know about these companies. So how do we help these companies tell their stories? And they've got great stories to tell. So how do we bring it out? It's not about a bland press release, but around you know really helping them get across the human stories, which are really, really interesting. Hence why we're talking here and hence why we're launching the Sports Loft podcast as part of the overall content and presentation of the of the memberships. But tell me, what is it that the industry folks, the Liverpools, the Premier League clubs, the rights holders who come in and speak to these companies, what, what do they get from, from that kind of office hours setup? Well, fundamentally, um, it's access to... Uh, a curated group of what are some of the best companies that are out there. Um, if they were to go and spend the time to go and meet these companies, and many of them are increasingly realise that they do need to know about what these companies are doing uh, to help them in their, their operations, they would have had to spend a lot of time trawling through a lot of companies, um, effectively searching for those needles in the haystack. Mm-hmm. We've, found, we've filtered out all the, the other companies out there and we're putting the best ones on a plate for them. So it really makes it very time efficient for the um, for the industry and the investors uh, who are coming in. So companies that can really help their business and a showcase to show them how they can. A- absolutely, and the, you know, they the, what we've seen in the last uh, probably especially during lockdown is a lot of sports organisations really wanting to know about the companies that are in the market that can really help them navigate the future, uh, whatever that future looks like. And these are some of the very best tech companies that are out there. And, you know, the likes of the most forward-looking clubs and rights holders are realising that these are great partners for them uh, as they navigate the future. And these companies, what stage are they at? Are all of them complete startups? Do some of them have more developed products and services than others? Sure. So in sort of a funding terms, um, I would say that it goes from might be a very sort of late seed stage through to Series A and Series B. Now, in reality, in practical terms, that means that they're all companies that have got a product that you can genuinely kick the tires on. It's not two people in a PowerPoint presentation. It doesn't matter how good the idea is. If you can't do something with the product, then... Uh, there's a limited amount to how much we can help them. So there is a certain level of maturity that the companies uh, need to get to. And, you know, the most mature companies have done sort of Series B funding rounds, which are pretty large. Um, And at that point, you know, they are got proper infrastructure, uh, really strong management teams and much more tried and tested. Uh, So we certainly don't view, uh, you know, sports uh, teams as, incubators for any of these particular ideas we think that we've got to take uh established products uh into them that they can use so you're almost like a venture capital fund that actually does what it promises once you've invested yeah i mean we were actually described by a a a vc fund in the states they said uh, charlie you're kind of like you do all the things that the VC funds promise that they're going to do post-investment but never get around to doing because they're all short of investments. You actually do it. 
And I really, I quite like that description. And I, uh, I have to say I use it a fair few times. We're not a sales operation. We're not going to try and be a sales agency. Uh, we're not going to try and sell for these companies into our network. We're not going to try and raise money for them. But we do think that they're great and we are going to, to help them. But we do that a lot of um, the sort of support network that a lot of VCs would like to be able to put around some of the companies. Uh, and ultimately, we have to really love the companies that are coming into Sportsloft. We have to really believe in what they do. Because if we don't really like them, how on earth can we expect, I don't know, the CMO at a Premier League football club to really really get excited about them? It's we have we have to really love those companies. And you have to understand how they would fit in with a potential customer or somebody within the industry that's coming to speak to them. You want to do a pre-sell almost. But uh, so like this is this is really unique. Like how did you come up with this idea? Um I think a lot of it is just having been around the ecosystem for for so long and seeing what uh, companies were needed. I mean, I think there's some really great accelerator programs out there uh, and incubators, but we're not trying to be an accelerator. Uh, in fact, in many cases, you know, we will work with a lot of the accelerator programs out there and support some of the best companies that come out of their programs. We add value to the, their investments that they've made. Um, so we're not trying to be an accelerator. We're not trying to be an incubator. Um, and yes, it is, uh, hopefully kind of different. Um, I think because we do this sort of membership approach where we charge companies a membership fee, it also works well for the investors and the industry people that we are putting these companies in front of, because they know that we're not getting paid out on a successful deal and forcing them to, you know, say you, we really want you to do this particular deal. There's no pressure like that because we're not getting paid out on the success of a deal. We get paid a membership fee. So our incentive is about helping the companies and helping drive that broader innovation, uh, which helps us to have very open and honest conversations uh, with the people that we uh, put the companies in front of. And they can give us honest feedback as well. We'll hear from each of them during the course of this podcast, which uh, I'm looking forward to and looking forward to speaking to all of them to find out more about what they do. But back to Sportsloft and sort of the value that you provide. Um, one of the things that you and I spoke about when you first started out on this journey was about providing a physical location and somewhere for people to actually locate themselves and work from as they were starting up their new companies in the tech and sports space. Tell us a little bit about what happened there, because that's a fascinating story, especially with, with the COVID impact. So... When we initially came up with the idea, I think the actual physical space was a very big part of it. Almost to the degree that some people started to talk about, oh, you're kind of like we work, but for sports tech. Um, <laughs> and I have to admit, I never kind of felt comfortable with that description on a number of levels. But um, we almost signed for a place in West London in Hammersmith, uh, which was actually a large space with about 35, 40 desks. And right at the last minute, we pulled back. Um, main reason being the sheer cost and given everything that's happened now, my, I'm so glad that we never signed for it. Um, but we, we pulled back and we went, went back to all the startups that we've been talking to and said, what's the true value there that we're providing here with Sportsloft? And everybody said, and it was a bit like a broken record, is that it's not about the desk space, that's icing on the cake. We can go and get desks if we need it from wherever. What we want is access to you, your network, and your ability to bring the ecosystem 
together around us. So very quickly realized that we didn't need 35 or 40 desks to go and do that. But what we did need was a galvanizing point, which is what we ended up with um, at Huckletree in Soho, which was an 11 desk space that people could use as drop-in and then a five desk space where we ripped the desks out and put a big green sofa in and that became our pitch room. Um, and that was really important because it became a place that brought everybody uh, together. The other part of that conversation though was we stopped, which was super important, was that we stopped looking at um, potential Sports Loft members as, oh look, they've got eight people, that's eight desks, brilliant, stick them in. Um, it became entirely about, is, are these the best companies that we should be working with? Are these the ones that are most exciting for the industry? And that, I think, was a really important turning point for us because the emphasis on the quality bar then became paramount and that stuck with us the whole way through. Um, now, we have a, a set of 16 desks that are basically gathering dust in a place in Soho. I haven't been there for ah, three, four months or whatever it feels like. And, um, and nor has anybody else, I would and assume. Nor has, and nor has anybody else. Um, and, you know, the team at Huggletree have been super supportive, but ultimately, you know, they've still got desks, desks that they need to, uh, to rent out and be commercially viable for them. Um, and I think what's happened is that as we've realised that we don't have that space to offer members, we've then worked really hard to try and say, okay, how do we add as much value into the membership as we possibly can for a company that doesn't include um, desk space? So that's where all the things such as insights, the feedback, uh, the narrative around some of the content has really started to, to kick in. And you know, when I'm talking to a company now about uh, sports stuff, I very, very rarely even mention uh, the idea of desk space. Uh, and but what the flip side of that has been that for some companies who, especially who were not based in the UK, who were worried that they didn't have people with boots on the ground here, they now are like, well, what's the difference? It doesn't matter whether you're two miles down the road or 5,002 miles down the road and sat in California. Zoom has totally got rid of the idea of distance. And so all the time, everybody's now on a level playing field. It doesn't matter where that company uh, is coming from. And I think that's actually been really, really important and has changed uh, the dynamic of a lot of the conversations around the, sort of the membership for us and only for the better uh, as well. So do you see yourself actually going back to that space in Huckletree or do you think that you will continue to provide the value in other areas as you have been? And I guess it's a, it's a wider point as well about the industry as people struggle with this concept of, are we going to bring people back into a physical space? Do we need as much physical space as we had before? Um, the absolute honest answer is I, I really don't know. Um, and so we're trying to keep as much flexibility around it as possible. Uh, I like on a personal level, the idea of there is a space that people can congregate around, but ultimately, you know, at what point are people going to be comfortable of getting on the train into central London in terms of traveling long distances for, for meetings? And even if people are prepared to go in to do a meeting, is somebody else going to be prepared to go to an office space that is not theirs? There's not much point getting on a train for an hour into central London to then sit there and do Zoom meetings. I could have done that from being sat at home. I, I think there's a tipping point that people will have to get to before it really makes it worthwhile. 
uh, I can't see us being back in the space within. Uh, I struggle to see this year. And so, given that, what's next? Where? What do you see for the future of Sportsloft, and what do you see for the future of the members of Sportsloft? So, in terms of where we're going, I think the the biggest bit that we have to focus on all the time is just adding as much value as we can to the companies who are members. Um, I'm not so worried about chasing after new members because ultimately, if we're doing a great job adding value to the members that we've currently got, other members will come, uh, and that is absolutely fine. Uh, I think there's a, a point, uh, I'm not sure exactly where, but it's probably somewhere between about 15 and 20, where we start to say, okay, do we then need to build up the infrastructure even more to support these companies? But we're not there yet, and we won't be there for a little while. Um, but I think you know we have to keep adding value, which means we have to keep helping them in terms of introductions, helping them with their thinking, helping them tell their story. Um, and we, you know, we're seeing those success com- uh, stories coming through uh, already. Um, but as long as we're doing give us an that, example. So uh, somebody like uh, Greenfly with World Rugby. Um, you know, we held an office hours with uh, Hill and Knowlton, the sports marketing agency. Uh, they met Greenfly. They really liked uh, what they heard uh, with Greenfly. Hill and Knowlton were then very proactive. They took it to their client at World Rugby and said, this is something that you should be using. And now, the, you know, that's a, a signed contract. So in preparing for this podcast, I texted a lot of people in the industry to talk to them about it. And one text that came back was, ask him about strong German lager. So, yeah, so the, the starting story of or rather the, the story behind uh, Sportsloft as a thing, was it actually came out of a drunken conversation in a pub in Switzerland, in Lausanne, almost exactly a year ago now, uh, where we were drinking some quite high-strength German lager. Uh, and uh, there were three or four of us who were there who'd been out to Lausanne for a conference, uh, one of whom was Ben Reynolds, who's the CEO of uh, Spolk, which is a Sportsloft member company. You will not get me to divulge my source, by the way. Uh, very, I, I, I doubt it was Ben. There were probably a few other suspects in there as well. Um, and Ben had actually won the pitch competition uh, that afternoon um, at the conference. So I think we were celebrating that. Excellent. Well, that's uh, uh, all of the best businesses seem to come up uh, in some interesting way. It's just very fascinating that Sportsloft comes from strong German lager in Lausanne. That's uh, It has a certain ring to it. It feels kind of apt, I guess, at the end of the day. Absolutely. Um, makes a lot of sense. And in that context, this is part of that value that you provide to the industry, but also to the members with the podcast series. Tell us a little bit about your idea behind that and what we're going to be doing. So um, the whole piece around the podcast uh, is an evolution of where uh, a conversation that happened uh, probably about 12, 13 weeks ago when one of the investors at all the different uh, companies uh, record them, stick them out on LinkedIn, and it would be really good. And at the time, I was like, yeah, that sounds like a nice idea. The next day, I was out on my bike. Needed to find a host, though. I did, know, need, did need to find a host. That is, that is very fair. Um, and the next day, I was actually out on my bike. I didn't come off on it that time. Uh, and I thought, actually, this is a really good idea. Let's go and do it. So we did. And, you know, with the help of yourself and others as well, uh, like, you know, Drew and Mike and, 
you know, we did all the interviews with all the CEOs of the different companies and um, we put them up and the response was great. And what we realized was that we got an audience of people who wanted to know more about the, the stories of these companies. And that was a starting point to how do we do more and more around uh, the content side. Um, we also realized that actually when we were doing these video interviews with people as lovely and as fantastic looking as they all were and as fantastic looking as our hosts were, the reality was that the, the real value was in the, the audio piece. Uh, and so actually a, a podcast just lends itself very easily to that uh, sort of environment. So it's really exciting. We're looking forward to doing the Sports Law Podcast. Please click and subscribe if you want to hear about updates. And we look forward to welcoming you to the next Sports Law Podcast. Thank you.